This week's show brought to you by Strike Kings, Kings of Bass TV. Tune in to season three of KOB TV on the Kings of Bass YouTube channel and check out episode number two as Strike King Lose Pro Mark Rose shows us that even when you give it your all during a tough event, it's more important to honor God and be humble throughout the process. Make sure to click the subscribe button and leave a comment on the video to be eligible to win a new Lose Custom Light Reel Signature Series Mark Rose Rod and an assortment of Strike King baits and more. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. What's up, kids? Finally, a tobacco-free dip that doesn't suck. Foiloader products are made with one goal in mind to help you switch from tobacco. Made with food-grade ingredients and the cleanest nicotine available, fully loaded only uses pure lab-derived nicotine with zero trace of the tobacco-based chemicals known to cause cancer. Fully loaded tobacco-free chew allows you to control how you quit. It's available from zero nicotine, half nicotine, to full nicotine with 0% cancer-causing agents. 100% tobacco-free, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You deserve to live fully loaded. Find out more at fullyloadedchew.com and use code ANGLERS25 to get 25% off your next order. Get fully loaded today. Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. Another Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Sorry for we're uh, sorry we're late from last week. Had a lot going on on the road, in the air, you name it. We were there. If you're listening to this and you're part of our email list, our eblast, our AC Insider, you should have gotten an email in the last day or so regarding. A $2,500 fishing giveaway from our friends at Revital Outdoors. That's right. Our premium CBD products helping you to perform at your best, feel at your best. They help me sleep, help me get up and go, give me all the energy I need. You need to check them out, revitaloutdoors.com. But right now, you've got to go find that email or... You need to jump on anglerschannel.com. There should be a banner there, top of the page, uh, or a story there. You need to go ahead and click it up in the contest. You can see the Revital Outdoors fishing giveaway. Click it, sign up, and get your chance to win $2,500 worth of products from Revital, Strike King, Luz, Seaguar, Flambeau, Costa, Rod Glove, Tackle Warehouse, and more. It is the $2,500 Ultimate Fishing Giveaway. Giveaway ends October the 1st. So if you're listening to this, you're almost late. You got to hurry up. You got to get it done. You got to get signed up. It takes literally 33 seconds, maybe faster. I'm slow typer. Check that out. Get signed up. Let's make that happen today, please. And tell them Angler's Channel sent you. Also... Fun show for you guys tonight. Right now, we're going to welcome in our buddy, 
from the Toyota Series, from the TNPFL, your latest Toyota Series champ, our buddy, Mr. Hunter Bowman. How the heck are you, bud? Good, man. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking back at this. You're going you're gonna to need a, a bigger show for all these trophies because every weekend, <laughs> you're either holding up a big check or holding up an envelope with second place or first place. You, you came home with Fish Sunday, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Take a break, dude. Take a nap. Do something. I, well, I have this week. <laughs> uh, dude, it's just, it, it, I was so excited to see that come across uh, Saturday night. You know, your win on Truman and everything. That's such a cool deal. Uh, so proud of it. We talked to you before when the NPFL got cranked up. And of course, we follow you all over Arkansas and everywhere you've been fishing. And um, dude, you're just, you're a hammer, man. I mean, just an absolute hammer. Man, I appreciate that very much. Well, I was I was thumbing through uh, social and, of course, uh, your, your social media page. And one of the first ones I saw was an old boy you and I both know pretty well uh, by the name of Mark Rose. And he said, this is one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of competitive bass fishing. How does that make you feel? Man, I, to me, who <laughs> fishes all the time, it – it doesn't seem like it is, but it is such an honor that, you know, people believe that. And that, that Mark and these guys I've looked up to my whole life or have shared and posted stuff. It's it's pretty cool. I was actually fishing Sunday and Mark called me and asked me to film a show with him. So we're going to do that next <laughs> week. So I was like, well, that's pretty neat when Mark Rose is calling you. Hey, you better watch him. He'll front end you. You better, you got to get, you got to get, get up in front of him. So. We're in my boat this, oh, this time, though, go. so I might front end there him. There you go. I like it. I like it. So for folks that don't know, they should by now, but tell us a little bit about your story because you've had you've had an interesting life from about nine months on, hadn't you? I have. At nine months, I had bacterial meningitis, uh, lost both legs below the knee, lost all my fingers on my left hand, partial fingers on my right hand, and just kind of had to learn how to do life a little different than everybody else. But, I mean, you, you – do you have a full-time job? What do you do full-time? So Redemption Ranch, who's our, my title sponsor, I I do sales for them. I'm their sales. I don't even know what my title would be, manager or whatever. <laughs> the only sales guy. Sales guy. That should be the title. <laughs> so what they do, they, they actually create jobs for disabled individuals. Okay. And they're out of Texarkana. And so they back, cut and bag kindling and like firewood kindling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I try to get it. It just I sell it to stores and stuff. That's what I do. That's that's very cool, very cool. Limb challenged is what I read on MLF, right? I read that. Uh, yes, limb. That's fair. Limb challenged. So it's uh, it's impressive. We I've seen you at uh, at the NPFL stuff, and um, but dude, I mean outside of, I mean, there's no modifications to your boat or your equipment or anything, is there? No, you know, on my truck I've got hand controls, but other than that, there's no modifications. The trolling motor pedal on the boat is not recessed. I keep a plate over the recess hole. Right, right. How do you get in that big old truck? You got a big old truck. I climb. <laughs> <laughs> climb in and then throw the wheelchair in. I mean, married, got a little girl. How old is your little girl now? 16 months. 16 months. Wow. And, uh, you know, I got another one that's yeah. about to be here I, in two months. Two months. <laughs> you are outnumbered. Yes, Bad out another now. girl. Bad out yes, now. that's awesome. Everybody's healthy and happy and doing well, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. That's uh, that's incredible. All right, let's talk about Truman. Never been there. I mean, I saw I saw the social post after practice. No fish to show, so you showed a picture of the truck and boat. 
So what, day one going out, what's the mindset? What are you thinking? So I did shake several bites in practice, but I didn't, the ones I hooked were little. So I didn't, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. So when I rolled out day one, uh, I knew a limit would be big, regardless of what size, you know, five, 15 inches were going to be big. And that's, I didn't have a whole lot more than that. I had 12, 12 something, you know, those 17 inch fish pretty much two, two and a quarters. Right. And uh, I was tickled, man. I, I was, I was worried I wouldn't catch a limit because it was tough. And the limit went in the boat by about 10 o'clock, and I it was like a relief, you know, that, and I called a couple of times, but they were all the same size that first day. So, 12.03 day one had you in 21st. And I was tickled. As <laughs> <laughs> tough as it was, I was like, man, we're inside the cut. That's good. Do it again. We we move up. So, what changed on day two? Because you, you jumped to fourth with 17.06 on day two. I, I wish I could tell you some great – theological reason but i other than the good lord man i don't know i mean i fished the same areas same piles and they were just big i never had a three pound bite on day one and i didn't weigh in a three pounder on day two wow they were all bigger than three wow so you fished the same areas how many different spots did you have i had 100 waypoints wow mainly brush piles had a couple of rock piles how many of those out of the out of that 100 how many did you hit uh, I probably hit 50 or 60 on day one. I, I hit probably 30 or 40 of those again on day two and then tried to hit the majority of the rest of them that I hadn't hit on day one. Uh, I did catch a four and a half of a, off a pile that I did not hit on day one. Your co-anglers love you, don't they? Man, I apologize before we ever took off every morning. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be bad. And luckily it was shallow piles so they could throw the bank. So it wasn't like they are just – you know, out there in the middle of nowhere. But, it, I, you know, I told him I'm going to look at the pile on live scope before I throw to it, throw out the front of the boat. I had lots of waypoints in a row, so I'd just go down the bank. But, like, man, we're going to we're gonna fish three or four throws in a pile, and I'm going to turn it on high, and I'm going to go the next one. Right. We're going to do that all day. Okay. All right. It, it's a, a rough life as a co-angler sometimes. I, I admire them, man. I hate – I did it one time, and I hate it. I'll never do it again. It was terrible. <laughs> go ahead, Kenneth. I didn't want to get off the, this brush pile deal without asking this question, but yeah, obviously, you know, everybody knew it was going to be a tough tournament going in, you know, practice for everybody seemed to be kind of tough, but you, you spent a lot of time looking for these brush piles. What gave you the idea in practice that you really needed to find these brush piles? You know, just the last few years, I fished the Ozark region a little more. And, you know, which is, I mean, just North Arkansas and up. And, and Truman's a little bit different, but it's still an Ozark-type lake. And in the fall, in North Arkansas, in Missouri, in Oklahoma, you know, brush piles play a huge role. And I had that on my mind when I left the house. I actually did not do that on day one of practice. I went up a creek or several creeks. It was so hard to get around the lake slow. It's like going through the woods. I mean, it's terrible. And, you know, I actually, I caught some fish. We had like 13 pounds that day. But I saw two piles on live scope while I was fishing that day, and I caught a keeper out of both of them. And that just kind of on day two, I was like, all right, I'm going to focus solely on brush piles. And I did. And I shook like 25 bites. And uh, day three of practice, I spent till about noon doing anything besides that in the same areas and never had a keeper. And immediately shook a bite on my first brush pile I found on day three of practice. So I spent the last little bit marking and, you know, marked another. 40 spots or so that third day of practice. You know, I, I think, I think shaking fish off is another key thing. You know, a lot of 
we have a lot of people listening to our podcast that maybe aren't at that level or don't understand. But, you know, when you're looking at that many guys on the water for several days in a row, if you start hooking fish left and right, especially out of a brush pile, start it, you know, those fish get accustomed to that and they learn from it. It makes it a lot harder to come back and catch them. So, you know, shaking those fish off is, is real critical to having, having success. And, and that's what scared me going down the bank. So many people were going down the bank and everybody was hooking fish. So I knew that bite was going to be miserable anyway. And you're right. You know, like a local fish that just doesn't leave a brush pile that lives there, you catch him, he went out and bite again. So, man, I like pulling on them. So I had to cut the hooks off. I knew if I didn't cut the hooks <laughs> off, I'd still hook them. So it's hard I did to do. Even started. How, um, how shallow are most of these piles? Five to 15. Okay. Mo- most of them were really five to 10. Uh, I caught two over four out of that 12 to 15 range. Most of them were five to 10. Okay. All right. So 1706 on day two, and they just kept growing up, didn't they? (laughs) They did. (laughs) I had two big bites on day three, made a big, still had that almost three pound average on the small fish, but I had, had a, like a five and a half and a four and a half on day three. And that, that kind of got you a little excited, didn't it? Man, it did. When I, I caught the, and I'm, Pretty pretty level now. I've had lots of good tournaments, lots of bad tournaments, and stayed pretty level. And at nine thirty, I think on day three, I had four fish with a twelve inch or I mean a fifteen inch Kentucky that didn't weigh hardly anything. And I caught a five and a half, and it put me like sixteen pounds, and I still had a spot in the boat. And I just told my co, I was like, we're gonna have to hang out just a second because I can't read time my line. I'm jaking too bad. Give me just, just a minute here. <laughs> I, I don't want to ask a stupid question, but I'm going to ask a stupid question. How does retying go for you? Man, it's not bad. I've done it so long. I hold the bait against my chest, so it's not that big a deal. I, I do it, I, I think, fairly quick. I feel like I can keep up with about anybody doing it. Sure. And I, I got to practice it a whole lot because I think I lost over 50 jigs last week. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Tell us about this yeah. jig. T- tell us what you were doing and how you're doing it. So it was. Do you want to see it? Sure, I've got one. Absolutely. Come on, son. Let me snag it off. I got it stuck up here. I'll say you better have. You got both of them up there. They're the ones from the tournament too, so that's pretty cool. They're actually caught fish on these jigs, but uh, so this was this is three quarter ounce football. Now I got to be bright enough to know how to do this. Oh, I see it there. And it's uh, just a it's a Brazalo custom lures jig is what it is. But I was throwing that three quarter ounce, and it was just. Man, I don't know. I felt like I was getting more bites doing that in practice. I think it was just burying up in the center of the pile quicker, mm-hmm. you know, without having to work it down in there. I did catch a few on a rock pile, and I actually caught my biggest one on a little green pumpkin type five sixteenths Brazalo finesse jig, and I actually helped design that one. But yeah, I'm gonna need about two dozen of each of those, please. I'll send you. <laughs> we can do I'll, it. I'll text you my address. <laughs> okay, <laughs> those look good. But yeah, I mean, and it. I don't know other than just the weight is why that three-quarter was doing so much better. I, I learned pretty quick last year in NPFL. We went to Patman, and Keith Carson won flipping like a one-ounce jig in inches of water. And then we went to Florida, and John Sokup won flipping like an ounce and a half weight in Kissimmee grass. Right. And I was like, okay, so sometimes heavier is better. So I've tried to keep that in mind, you know, since then, and that's – I love throwing that little finesse jig. That's oh, I've yeah. got a rod and reel dedicated to it. It's on the boat deck of the boat every time I fish, and I'd I'd probably rather caught them on it. But I I tied that football on just to see, and the bites. It was 
I didn't have to make many throws because he'd go right through it. So, I mean, you know, basically, if I made three throws on a pile, that was a lot. I felt like the bite was on the first throw every time. Gotcha. And, that, I mean, it's just – it's a reaction bite, right? Because it just, it just goes down so fast. Right. And then you can also pick it up and, like, feel it come over one limb and go down, whether the other one it may – when you pop it over a limb, it may swim over two or three before it sinks back down in the pile. Or that football, you can pick it up over one limb and just let it go right back down to the gut of it again. What trailer are you using? Uh, speed crawl, watermelon candy red, speed crawl. Okay, all right. Rod, reel, line. Give me the, give me all the deets. Man, uh, Denali, um, covert seven two medium heavy for the finesse jig. Mm-hmm. Covert seven eight extra heavy for the three quarter jig, which sounds like a broomstick, but it's got a really good tip. I throw it for a lot of different bait, heavier baits. Uh, Daiwa Tatula SV reels, and then I had seventeen pound fluorocarbon line. Okay. Very cool. KG, David? I, D- David's got this little finger that pops up when he's got a question, but it doesn't go any further than that. It, 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 it's right there. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, you call KG, so no, I'll put it back down. No, go no, ahead. I was just going to ask. So, um, again, I don't fish stumps. I don't, I, I'm like the most clueless out of the three of us here when it comes to, we, I just don't have he's, those opportunities. He's in Wisconsin, Hunter. He doesn't know. He, <laughs> oh, yeah. He, they don't grow. A whole different world. They don't grow that stuff up there, yeah. so. <laughs> so, but you know, obviously, with you know, four facing sonar, are you able to see these fish in these brush piles? Or are you just casting and just you know, and you know that they're in there and just wide up, and it's just hopefully you're crawling over the right limb and they just pick it up. So the the biggest one I caught, I got the three quarter ounce hung, and it was in five feet of water, and I went to just go get it because it was a very it wasn't a big bushy, it was a small piece of wood, and I went to just go get it, you know, and, and move on. And I saw a fish swim around it, a big fish. And I stopped and I put my poles down. I broke my line. And of course, the, you know, the wood shakes when I pulled and break the line. And I picked up the little finesse jig and I caught that fish. And it, I, I didn't see it eat, but I mean, I threw it in there and I caught a five and a half. But that was really the only one I felt like I saw. There were sometimes I'd look and think, man, I think that's got a couple of fish in it. But I wasn't sure. I never watched them eat it or anything like that. Um, it, to me, I, I've never been a good offshore fisherman until this uh, live scope came out and just giving me the confidence because I'd have piles marked and I'd roll up on a waypoint and I'd make like five throws. I'd never make contact with the pile. I'd get mad. I'd pick my junk up and I'd go to the back of a creek somewhere. That's just how I like to fish. But now, you know, it's, it's I was saying to someone the other day, it's like like offshore flipping. I mean, because I see the pile or I see the piece of wood on my live scope and I can just flip out there 40 or 50 feet with that jig and watch it go down. It's no different than flipping to a lay down on the bank. I mean, you you see what you're doing. You're just doing it underwater now. Right. So it made it made it a lot easier to just pinpoint and be quick on the throws. Was there ever a point? I mean, did you know you had 19 pounds in the box when you came? I knew out? I had over 18 and a half. Okay. I, I uh, my scale said 18.32, and it's usually about a half light. Okay. Was there ever a point on day three where you're like, dude, I'm gonna scare them, or I got this? When I caught the second four-pounder, like I thought I needed – well, I didn't know what I needed, but I thought with 17 I was starting to get, you know, like they'd probably get nervous. Right. And um, I had the five, and that put me almost 16. I caught like a couple of heavy twos, and I was over 17. And, you know, I told my co I said, man, they're going – you know, they're going to have to catch them pretty good. And then I caught – at like 1 o'clock, I caught a four-and-a-half, and I caught a two-and-a-quarter. Wow. And – um, at that point, I I didn't know I won because I mean that lake's got some big fish, but 
I was like, man, they're, you know, this, this is serious. Like I'm going to be right there. If I don't win it, I'll be second. There's no way I'm not like, because this is a big bag. And I told my wife, I called her when I checked in and I, I said, I, I think I'm pushing 19, just knowing kind of what my house scale weighs. I said, I think I'm pushing 19, but I'm not sure. But I told everybody I had over 18, but um, day two was really the big, the change because I, I caught a four and a half and cold at like two and a half that day. And I went from 15 to 17. And that was really the the moment about lunch on day two. I caught that big one. And it's like, I went from, I'm having a good tournament. I'm going to make top 10, going to make, you know, the cut to, man, I'm in this. Like, I'm not, I don't know how close I am to in this, but I'm not going to be far out. Like, I'm going to be right there. This is, this goes from let's have a good tournament to we probably need to get serious to try to win it at this point, you know. <laughs> KG? Well, I mean, you, you never know when those opportunities are going to come. So when you, when you get that close, you know, the key is closing out. So, you know, how nervous were you that, that last morning before takeoff? You know, what's crazy still being a pound back and the three guys that were ahead of me are like hard to beat on that lake, especially the top two, their team partners. And I, I really wasn't like, I was just pumped to be there. Uh, I was catching the majority of my weight, except a couple of kickers from eight 30 to 10 30. So I knew I didn't really need to be nervous unless it was 10.30 and I didn't have a limit of fish. You know, and it, uh, again, day three, it started pretty quick, and I caught my fish and, you know, the majority of my fish, and, and it just kind of took the nerves away. And, and every day it allowed me to kind of bounce around and try some different stuff, different same type stuff, different places, you know. But I don't know. I just had a pretty, pretty good piece about the whole thing. I, I never was – I think if I've been leading it, I've been more nervous. I never was. I was. I was just trying to catch up, you know. So I was just right. till till the second big one went in the boat. I wasn't really. Then it, then it was like, ooh. I'm now, then I was just ready to weigh in. <laughs> I kept saying I was, the time was just so slow, and I was like, man, I just want to go the way in. So, how much of that confidence came from the fact that you were able to catch these fish on these jigs? Obviously, you you know, one of those jigs is one that you worked on yourself, helped them build and develop. You know, I, and that's that's got to be a confidence level to you, something that you're comfortable doing. So, you know, how much of that confidence came from that as opposed to maybe a technique that you weren't quite as familiar with? I, a lot came from that. You know, I'm a I'm a drag dragging guy, slow guy, regardless. And I've, I've won some stuff on square bills, but but, uh, you know, I've won a lot of tournaments on on a little jig or a, a little jig played a huge part in a tournament for me. And I, I mean, that's just my wheelhouse. That's where I like to be and not having to do it in 30 feet of water, you know, getting to do it. It was piles, but it was still shallow stuff, you know? So it, uh, I was very confident in being able to do what I could do if I had the bites. You know, if I remember right, um, David, we saw him down on Ufala last year in the NPFL. You were out there on them brush piles doing some damage. Same type of deal. And that, you know, that was when I was really learning live scope. I didn't know it at that point. So I wasn't even like, I, I, there's live somewhere, me passing it on live scope and like throwing behind the boat because I didn't I even know what I was doing. Right. But, but yeah, same, same type deal. That was quite a bit deeper. That was on humps and stuff. But, you know, I started that tournament with a, that little finesse jig that I love so much. And it got really tough late on day two. And I finished that tournament on drop shot, actually. But um, same deal. I was confident. I had that little jig in my hand. I was dragging slow. So 48-10 for the win, win it by, what, a pound, 10 ounces. So, I mean, dude, it, I mean, you had it. I mean, you there was they weren't going to catch you at that point. So 48-10, got the check, um, a little lighter now because you, you bought a new laptop, but still, you know, good check, yeah. got the trophy up there. What is this win? I mean, how big, you know, 
you, I'm looking behind you, dude. You got all kinds of first places and Mr. Bass. I mean, you got, I mean, we see you all the time on social. You're always winning stuff and doing things. How big is this win for Hunter Bowman? Man, I, this, this, you know, I want to do this for a living for a long time. And this, this could be possibly the most crucial win I ever had. I mean, I really believe that maybe outside of like a classic win or something, just because the fishing world, you know, the Arkansas fishing world knew who I was. Sure. I mean, I've been around here for a long time. I can't hardly go to a tournament and not know at least a few people. I don't care where in Arkansas it is. But outside of Arkansas and outside of those that watch the MPFL, you know, I don't think a lot of people knew who I was. And I think that's changing, you know. And that to have to, to have a career in this that's sustainable, you have to have that sponsorship and you have to have that notoriety. And I, I hope this opens doors that, that leads to that for sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, Spencer Sheffield winning the title, buddy of yours um, over there in Arkansas. I mean, y- y'all, Arkansas's had a good year this year. Man, we have. We've got we've got some tough fisheries with some extremely tough competition around here. And to be consistent here, I feel like you need to be a, a pretty good angler, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, I, I, again, flipping through social and, and look at stuff, um, a guy you and I both know, Ivan Williams, made a post after your win. Said a man won a tournament, but Christ got the victory. Hunter shared his testimony, witness of how Christ uses him as an example—a true Christian husband, father, and a friend to all. Dude, that's that's deep. And that that is, and you know, without God, none of this was possible. And and I've told you all that before. And I'm glad you brought up Ivan because I didn't realize you knew him. Oh, yeah. Ivan is my buddy. Is he? I I ran a bass cap for several years, and Ivan was kind of the man that helped me get that started. And Rick, and then a local dealership here. But uh, Ivan came to that way in when I was when I, instead of leaving the boat in the water, I loaded on the trailer just easier to get to the way in for me. And I was parked behind the way in stage. And when I pulled the jersey over my head to get ready to start getting fish out, I looked up and Ivan standing there smiling at me. <laughs> and I hadn't seen Ivan in years. And he, I thanked the world of him. And he he pulled the fish out of the boat and he actually stood in the bag line holding my fish the whole time. And wouldn't let me help him carry them up on stage. And that was, you know, re- regardless of what brand you're with, we all change. I mean, you make friendships. Absolutely. And Ivan is, I think, the world. I mean, I was it was, I was tickled to see him there at the way in. Yeah, Ivan, you know, I, I, I've i done photos for Bass Cat for years. I was, That's right. Ivan's been my driver, a time for, you know, for a few years. And he's the kind of guy, guys, that going down the lake, if somebody's beating him by, by a tenth of a mile an hour, he'll take a jig out of his pocket and toss it out to just, just to, you know, he's going he's gonna to beat you one way or another. He's going he's gonna to get faster than you. and uh, But a heck of a guy and just a great dude. I mean, really is. He, so. First time I ever met him, he said, I carry a worm in one pocket and a jig in the other. And if you outrun me, I'll throw the jig exactly out. You're right. He will. <laughs> he will. He's, uh, he's a heck of a dude. Uh, so what's next? I mean, I'm sure you're fishing this weekend. Where are you going this weekend? Man, I'm actually on anniversary trip. We already had plans. So going to Branson's where we're going. Oh, you got a pocket full of money now. That could be dangerous. Uh, yeah, I know. Before, <laughs> you know, whistle broke, it didn't matter. We just going to go to be with each other. Now we'll want to buy stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, dude, you're an incredible inspiration to so many people. And it's just, it's just, I mean, everybody knows, you know, what kind of talents you are. It's just awesome to see this on display on a, on a bigger level. And I uh, can't wait to see where this takes you from here. I appreciate it. I really do. Absolutely. Guys, anything else for Hunter? No, just, just keep working at it, buddy. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, dude, take care. Thanks for your time tonight. Uh, enjoy Branson. Don't spend all that money in one spot. 
That's right. Hey, good to see y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, bud. We'll talk to you soon. See you. So I'm brought to you by our friends at Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. Check them out online at sportsmans.com or at your nearest Sportsman's Warehouse store. I just got back from, well, hell, since we've talked last, I've been to Seminole, Florida, opened up that show or that store. Been all the way to Cincinnati, Ohio, opened up that store. And um, yeah, nice places. So if you're down around Tampa or Seminole, check it out, uh, the Sportsman store down there. If you're up around Cincinnati, they got two stores within about 30 miles of each other up there. One's in Crescent City, Kentucky, and one's just over the river in Cincinnati. Great guys, great selection of products there, and uh, really a uh, uh, some great stores. So make sure you check them out or check out online at sportsmans.com. Uh, since we spoke last, the queen has passed away. Uh, it's been a while. It feels like it's happened a long time ago. But uh, that 10 days of mourning and my wife and us trying to find a way to send her to England for the funeral, which didn't happen. And so um, I, I actually left to go out of town Monday morning. And when I left, she was up watching the, she was up at 2 a.m. watching the funeral. I won't lie, I did too, right? So there's some pageantry there. KG, I know your daughter was there the day she passed away, right? She was. I think that was uh, on a Thursday. She was there until Saturday. Um yeah, they ended up taking flowers down to Buckingham Palace uh, that afternoon, and I, but I think she got out just in time because it was starting <laughs> to get really crazy by Saturday. Yeah, yeah, the 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 people and and just the the flowers and the gifts and everything. It was uh, it's quite a show. I, I, we don't we don't watch regular news here anymore. Since she passed away, our TVs are stuck on BBC World. So I guess that's the British something British. I don't. It's over there. I don't know. I can tell you. But it's been on that, and of course, there's six hours ahead of us, right? So it's 10.30 there as we record this. But uh, so, yeah, so we know all about the time and, and everything going on there. So that's been uh, that's been good. But uh, now where is your daughter now? She's not in London anymore, right? She's moved on? She is on a boat uh, in Still? the water. Yes. Wow. Uh, she was supposed to stop somewhere yesterday, and they couldn't. They couldn't dock because the water was too rough. So they basically skipped it. They were only going to be there for like half a day anyway. So they skipped that and they're on to their next destination. So will there be a test on that destination or will they skip that too? Uh, obviously, that'll be skipped. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. If it was my teachers, they'd go ahead and give it to you anyway, right? You I think they just couldn't fill in those blanks. Should have read it, and uh, you should know all about it, right? You shouldn't have to uh, shouldn't have to do that. Hey, if you're – well, thinking about it. If you're on the website right now or you bounce around the website, make sure you check out down in the AC Insider, the the Jose Pro. Coastal, Coastal launches the Jose Pro um, to honor the legendary waterman. There's a, a video there. It's about, what, 16 minutes long? And it's fantastic. I mean, it really is. It's in our social channels as well. Uh, it is fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to get my hands on these glasses. They should be here, you know, hopefully before I leave on my cruise on the 7th of October. But um, I'm kind of counting down the days on that. But, um, yeah, so make sure you check out that video uh, and, and get your name in the hat for a pair of Jose Pros. Hopefully we can do a giveaway here coming up a little bit. So since our last show, I apologize for last week's show. I was on the road again uh, last week, running around, doing things. I uh, had a dentist issue last week as well. Did not feel like talking to anyone, so I didn't. 
right? So we left it be. But then I got on the road to Cincinnati and did a, a one-day turn and burn. And, um, I, you know, if anybody ever wants, just go for a ride. Just holler, right? Y'all can come into Huntsville. I'll pick you up. And you can just, you know, learn out about what life on the road is, right, with me. Because, uh, by God, I do a lot of it. But I didn't drive the Tundra these past few trips. I actually rented vehicles. And the first one I rented to Seminole was a, uh, you know, I'm trying to save some money, right? And try to, you know, gas is, is up there. And so I rent a RAV4. I don't know what new car smell they put in these cars, Enterprise rental car, but God, it's awful. I mean, just like I'm popping Zofran trying to get sick, right? Um, you want to see what 10 pounds of shit shoving a five-pound bag is. That was me trying to get in and out of a little raffle, right? So last week going to Cincy, um, the lady picked me up in a new Ford Bronco. I thought, okay, all right, we'll check this little piece of crap out. It's not the Bronco of old, KG. Not, not what even you and close. I, not what you and I grew up on, and uh, or around. My son's actually got a friend who's got an old Bronco, and dude, it's it's a freaking beast. But it's got a that tank. it's got that death wobble to it. So mm-hmm. he's, he's been having trouble with that. But so but this one wasn't bad. If I had to choose between the Rav Four and the Ford Bronco, I'm going to go Bronco. It's a little more boxier, right? I can you can get about seven and a half pounds of shit in this one, not you know, in, in, in a little more than, than just five, but or a ten. Um, but uh, it wasn't bad, and so uh, Monday morning I had to go out of town again, um, go buy my local enterprise place, and I had actually rented a car for this one because it's Monday, prices go up, so I uh, rented a car, and uh, I'm thinking like a Camry or a Malibu, give me something, and so little girl says, uh, ah. Mr. Brown, repeat customer, we got you, right? Here is a convertible Camaro for you. Mm, I don't know. You know, I'm going 700 miles one way. I got phone calls to make. I got podcasts to do. I don't know if I can handle a, 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 a convertible. Uh, plus, being a Camaro, I'll probably get my butt in trouble in that one. So I, I, passed on the Camaro. So what you got it, next to it, it? It depends on what's under the hood. Some of those Camaros are kind of wimpy. So it wasn't wimpy. It wasn't wimpy. She did the auto start on it. It wasn't wimpy. It would have hurt my feelings. It really would have. And a bunch of others too. Cause they coming through Birmingham. I got passed by about three or four Dodge chargers. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, if I was not in this <laughs> Nissan kick, I had you, but I got a Nissan kick and that, yeah, David, exactly. That's exactly what I said. Nissan kick. If you get an, if you ever run a Nissan kick, don't try to use the cup holders because they ain't big enough for nothing. Just be honest with you. So anyway, my adventures with, uh, my adventures with rental cars here the past few weeks has been fun back in the tundra. Praise God. And, uh, we were moving on. Lots of information passed around this week. Um, the open schedule came out. So we'll talk about the little opens here in just a minute. The open schedule came out. Then we got the Major League Fishing high school and college schedules came out. Uh, Recording this on Wednesday, the BFLs came out today. Uh, Did they mention uh, All-American yet, KG, or no? Uh, Yeah, it was was in there. So, I mean, you know, they're changing and canceling all kinds of stuff, but at least they'll still be an All-American. What are they changing? I didn't read it. What are they changing and canceling? Um, What's happening? Well, based on that press release, we know there's an, there's still an All-American for at least one more year, and there's still a Toyota Championship for at least one more year. Okay. I was kind of referring to 
the move from the pro circuit to the invitations. I forget that. We'll get to that later. I've got a whole other spill on that. Um, and so, okay. So I, I see the, I see the schedules now. The, the entry, uh, entry fees for the BFLs have gone up again. How much? But not as drastic as it was last time they tried to do that. Okay. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking 10, at it right now. So $10 per event for the regular. And then I think it's $30 for um, the two day okay. and the regionals. You know, they added, they added last year, the regionals went to a paid deal before that they were no entry fee for the regionals. Oh, really? I got you. Yeah. Did not realize that. So all American on Hartwell, May 31st of next year. Um, May 31st which is, through June the 2nd. Which is technically what guys are qualifying for this year. Correct. Correct. The regions that are happening this fall, That's those right. guys will qualify for that tournament. Yep. They'll fish that in 2023, and then they'll whatever you're fishing next year will go into the – Wherever uh, it will be the next year. Correct. Yes. Correct. Assuming that it is still there. So Correct. So we'll see. And then uh, Thursday, as you're listening to this, we can expect the Toyotas to show up. I know, that, KJ, you've been wanting those all week. And, um, and then uh, from what I understand – because I, I reached out last week when all this pro circuit Knicks invitationals in and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and rah, rah, rah and this and that. I just said, screw it. And I reached out to uh, our buddy Joe Opager. Opager? Pogger? Pogger. Opager. You got it right the first time. I know, but David, and dude, that's David's first. got... <laughs> Anytime David's Zoom freezes, it's on that glare like, what did you say? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I didn't Sorry. make sure. <laughs> on Opog, I called Op- I sent Opogger a text. Now, it was the final day of the BPT, day seven of 43, I think. But um, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I need somebody who can intelligent- intelligently talk to us about this move to the Invitationals about this move away from Pro Circuit, whether that's you, whether that's Charity, whether that's Boyd, whether that's whoever, send them my way. And it's been nothing but crickets. Well, I'll tell you about it. He said, yes, sir, I'm on it. I'll get back with you. That was a week ago. So today I reached out to him this morning. Because I got home at midnight last night, got up this morning, kept in my office about 5.30, and started hitting up emails. And I emailed him. I said, Joe, where are we at on this? And I will read you his email. And it basically goes along to say, I promise I haven't forgot about you. Tini's been extremely busy this past week getting everything prepared for the daily rollouts. College, college and high school were yesterday, BFLs today, Toyota Series tomorrow, which is Thursday, that you're listening to this. Bass Pro and MLF Invitationals are coming out on Friday. There are a few other shows waiting, in, waiting on interview confirmation as well. I hope to have something for you soon. So we are not going to broach the Invitational subject because I don't have time. I'm dressed up. I have a dinner date tonight with my wife. Um, and so I don't want to get pissed and break something at this point, but we're going to leave it at that. We'll wait till somebody more intelligent than me can come on and talk to us about it. And then we'll absolutely crush that guy, whoever that guy is. I'll, I'll just wait and do it then. Right. And, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll go from there, but, uh, I would love to know your opinions on the invitationals, what they're doing to pro circuit and all that. If you're an angler, 
hit me up. If you're not an angler and have an opinion, hit me up. I, I, I want to know 901-493-0437. That's the X-Zone hotline brought to you by Trickstep, 901-493-0437. Let us know your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings, your gripes, whatever. If you want it to be anonymous, we'll leave it anonymous. If you don't, we'll call it out. Whatever you want us to do, you just tell us. But uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go that route with it. So please hit us up. Well, I, I will tell you, I've already run the numbers because that's what I do. Yes. Um, but I, I'll save that for whenever it's appropriate. But, you know, I, my take on all these, and I, I do it with BFL, I do it with Toyota, I do it with the now the Invitationals, I'll do it with the Opens when that new pay schedule comes out because we don't know that yet. I, right. I, I'm, my thing is, how much of the anglers' entry fees are they getting paid back by the organization? That's what I'm looking for. Sure. Because to me, that's that's where the value lies. How much, how much of the angler's money is actually being paid back? Right. Right. Understood. It um I'm I can't wait to hopefully hopefully next week's show we'll have somebody here that can talk about it more intelligently than I. And we can bombard he or she with questions. And um probably won't be Boyd because I now know why my teeth hurt so bad. All the time, even after I leave the dentist, come to find out, lady that cleans my teeth. Yeah, she and Boyd are good friends. She and Boyd's wife are good friends. So I'm thinking, she said, Yeah, I hung out with Boyd last week. And I thought, Oh, shit, this is going to hurt. And it did. So there you go. So she's well, uh, not, not well, if you nice get, to me. If you get to the point where you're looking for a new dentist, I know where you can find one. Well, I may. I'll, I'll talk to you after the show because I may have to find one um, for sure. Because at this point, my teeth are like my hair. They've all fallen out and they're not coming back. So I don't know what, you know, everything's coming out and it's not growing back. So I'm going to do something here pretty quick. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of fun. All right. Um, Northern Open uh, finished up, um, I think, after our last podcast. Alex Weatherall, Kayoya, Fajita, Chicken Fajita. I'm just going to call him Chicken Fajitas. I'm going to call him Chicken Fajitas second. What is it, what is it David? Yoyo Fujita. Kyoya. When my daughter was three, that's what she called Chicken Fajitas. Kyoyo Fujita. That's what she called him right there. That's exactly what it was. And uh, Keith Poche. Is it Poche or Poche? Poche. He's in uh, at this point. Um, but we've still got um, in, into the elites. So they've all three qualified for the elites through that. Uh, we've got the Central this week on the Red River, which I am hearing from guys is going to suck. Not suck, it's going to be a grind, okay? Uh, I was with some folks this week that were talking to some folks this week down there, and um, I heard if you got 10 pounds a day, you're doing something at this point. So it is tough. So it'll be interesting to see. Um South, uh, see, South Central, so they've only had one event. Lee Livesey, Nick LeBrun, Trevor McKinney, those are your top three right now, but it's too early to tell there. South Division, Joey Sefuentes, Brandon Lester, and Brian New are your top three with one event left to go on Hartwell. And so, you know, Brandon Lester, Brian New, let's just assume it stays this way, right? It won't. Let's assume it stays this way. Lester and New were in, but they're already in through – they would double qualify through the elites. So that would that would bring in John Hunter Jr. and John Canada. At this point, at this juncture today, the 21st of September of the Lord's year 2022, um, so that would bring 
those two ends, that would get, that would bring three pro circuit guys to the elites, which I'm sure they're all like, praise the good Lord, get me out of wherever I am. But that's just, again, my opinion. I'm not going to, uh, to, to broach that. But then you've got overall right now, Cooper Gallant, Keith Boucher, and John Suka, who were currently your top three. Boucher is already qualified through the Northerns. If he stays in that top three, he could help Jacob Walker, who missed it by two points, squeeze in to the elites. Uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm doing if my Alabama math is right, because I've been from far south to far north to good ways west this week or the last few weeks. If my Alabama math is right, um, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. You got the Central this week, then you got a couple of weeks off, then the Southern on Hartwell, and then the final Central on Rayburn. Uh, uh, the weekend that we're doing the championship at um, Jordan, Jordan, wherever that is, yeah, on your birthday. Actually, matter of fact, fifty-first birthday, isn't it? KG, happy birthday to you, early. So just uh, get a month. 50, Fifty-two. Month. Fifty-two. Oh, I got it. It's my count. I got it wrong. Crap. Okay, change that right now while I'm thinking about it. So, but yeah, so a uh, lot going on there. Uh, Central going on this week. Uh, open schedule came out. This is the. Three divisions now. Division one, two, and three. Thoughts on those, KG? Um, there's still some information that I that that we need to get and to really. Are you sure you're going to be 52? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Just but I, sure. I mean, we we can still call it 51. I mean, you know. No, just make sure, dude. Just make sure. Sh- so. I should have stopped at about 42. But uh, well, anyway, my wife's up at 29, so we'll leave it at that. Um. Anyway, okay, sorry. So yeah, okay. Back to the so so the open. So um, this you know schedule wise, as far as lakes is okay. Um, the biggest concern I have would be Watts Bar at the end of the <laughs> at the yeah. towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but you know there again, there's nothing wrong with tough tournaments either. I mean, you know, tough tournaments have their place. Uh, Look you know, at it, these guys need to be tested. So. Look it at is the, what it is. Look at the range, though, right? So if you fish all nine, well, look, look at the range in each division. Eufaula, Wheeler, Harris Chain. Okay, not a big, not a big driving, you know, deal. Toledo Bend, Lake Eufaula, Oklahoma. Like those arcs, that's that's decent. Then you go to Division Three. You got Bugs Island out of Clarksville, which I got some honey holes there. St. Lawrence River, which is way up north. And then Watts Bar. So I mean, that was that was a little more spread out. But if you fish all of them, dude, you you trucking some miles in this deal for sure. That's always going to be the case. It is. It is. That schedule to me, though, we we've talked about this, and you know, we had Panger on, and he talked about it as well. That schedule right there laid out. That's like a another. That's like a, a mini elite series schedule, and what they do. Right. Yes, it, it and and it's true that it, that will be a good test for guys to make it to the elite series. Uh, if you can get through that gauntlet, then uh, you've obviously done something. It should you should set yourself up to be able to do the same thing in the elites. Uh, the, the biggest the biggest thing with this though is I, I think it really does change the uh, the landscape of what you have to do to prepare to to be. A full-time professional, yeah. and I'm not. I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. Um, it, it it could be depending on 
how our economy continues to to track. Right. Um, you know, in, in years where our economy is really good, it won't be a problem having, having enough guys do what they need to do to do this. But if our current state of affairs continues, then it, it may be more difficult to to complete this task. But it, it's it's going to take guys that, that that have a way of generating income outside of tournaments, but still have the ability to take the time off to do it. Right. Be- right. Because uh, unless we see a drastic change in payout and opens, which I don't think we will see, um, that's gonna that's gonna be the trend. So we're talking about guys that are that are either young and have some kind of family help of some sort, uh, or we're talking about guys that that have uh, maybe own their own businesses that can kind of function with them being gone enough time or. You know, some way of, for people to generate income. Maybe it could be guys that are that are YouTube guys that are that have that have got their foot in that door well enough to where they can generate some income that way. Sure, uh, and feed off of that. Uh, there, there's there's ways of doing it. Uh, there were eighty something guys that did it last year that fished the full schedule. There'll be plenty of guys that do it again. You know, this coming year. But you know, for for people that are planning for down the road how to be a professional fisherman or how to fish make it to the elite series, that's kind of what you need to start planning for. Right. Right. Well, you know, and you can still just fish one division and you got a shot at the classic, but that's all you got. You you can win some cash. You got a shot at the classic, but you can't go in, you can't go anywhere out of that division other than to the classic. Well, and, and the one good thing about it, I mean, there is in, in all three of those divisions, there's two close together and one kind of a bit of a distance. So, you know, if you if you want to if you want to fish at that level and you can handle three tournaments, that's still an opportunity for you. You know, and there is something said for that. You know, guys that are used to fishing at that level, want that level of competition. You know, yeah, you may not make the elites, but it was a a very small portion of those guys that had a chance for the elites anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and I'm, I'm guessing majority of the guys that fish a three tournament division probably really couldn't make it to the leads anyway. Yeah. No. So I, I don't really think much changes other than other than you've just taken that extra carrot away from them. So no, I agree. I agree. And you know, on Bassmaster, I actually saw this through Bass Blaster, but it's a, a link to Bassmaster.com. There's a story from Brian Brasher, who I know very well. Um and uh he in this he says those who don't like the changes say the new four format is unfair to the working man. But think about it this way: price tag to fish all nines opens is about sixteen thousand dollars. Price to fish all nine elites is closer to forty thousand dollars. If you can't afford sixteen thousand in twenty twenty three, what makes you believe you'll be able to afford forty thousand in twenty twenty four? One of the biggest misconceptions in the sport is that sponsor money just starts rolling in as soon as you qualify for the leads, and that's not true. If you've ever tried to pay off forty grand in credit card debt, you know what a dangerous strategy it is to finance one year on tour that way. The dream of qualifying for the Classic is still there for those who fish only three events. It's a well-oiled dream and one that's far less likely to turn into a nightmare than embarking on an unbelievably demanding career you're simply not ready for. Brian's black or white. There's no gray area with Brian. He's going to tell it like it is, no. right? And, and he's he's right. It, oh, and he it, is. 
And if you don't have a way of generating that income, it doesn't matter. You're, you're not going to be successful anyway. No, you're not. You're not. So, you know, now, it, now one, one other change that they did do that we did learn in the latest, um, well, when they did the schedule was there, there is now an off limits period for the opens. Oh, okay. It's 28 or 30 days, depending on the tournament. Um, you know, previous to the tournament, it's off limits. And then you've got a five day practice period. Gotcha. Right. You know, right at the tournament time. Okay. So it basically gives you a week for the tournament. Okay. Five, right. five days of practice and three days for the tournament. Okay. I like it. That's, that's a big step. That's a huge step in my opinion. Yes. Because you got guys that would camp out there for a month on end if they could. And, you know, it's, you don't know what's going to happen at that point. So, but, uh, but no, that's good. We don't know when, look, um, which is another thing. These guys that claim it's a working man's deal. So these guys that are, that are hanging out for three, four or five weeks at a time, waiting on this tournament. Shit. What, where yeah, do you, you work? Know, right. Exactly. Where do you work? So it's, I mean, it's still a working man, but it's a certain amount of work you do. <laughs> so where you can generate income and fish. Yeah. I tell you, it's, yeah, it, it that's a, that's a, yeah, it's, I, I, I can't wait for payouts to come out. I want to see that. I know we've got the schedule now. It'll be interesting to see the Toyota schedule and then the, the BPTs and the invitationals, all that crap, whatever that's going to be, come out uh, and then whatnot. But some good news for a couple of guys on the Elite Series. I didn't do my math this year. I didn't do my spreadsheet and all that crap. I just, it's, I was talking to somebody in, in the industry the other day and I'm like, you know what? I, you should do that, right? They were asking me questions. I said, you should do all that. I used to like, sweat pouring out of my head trying to figure it out right do the math it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what chris brown does they're gonna do their own damn thing it doesn't matter right whether it's the elites the opens the toyotas the bpts pro circuits invitationals hell i don't know they're gonna do their own thing you pretty much have to just wait and let the dust all settle before you Shit, I just wait till January first when they send the when they when they send when they send the roster out and says here's who's in. Well, shit, there you go. I'm in. Let's go. But um, uh, Jay Yellis retired last week from Bass, going to work on his first catch stuff, which is great. That's a great uh, great project he, he's got going on there. Then Dice K, is that right? Dice K Hokey. Yes, sir. I see. Andrew, Di- Andrew Dice Clay, that's my guy right there. Dice Kaoki, uh, got uh, he's he decided to retire. So with Morgan Thaler early in the year, then Yellis, and now Dice K, that opens up a spot for Frank Talley, Justin Atkins, and then Rick Klun if he doesn't use Legends exemption. So that well, means I think he's, it makes it where he doesn't have to use his Legends. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's a good thing for Justin Atkins. He can kind of sit back and relax a little bit now, but he's in the Red River fishing the open. That's going to be hard to do, I think, at this point. So, but I mean, well, that may be the reason why he he came back home for his wife's birthday. He may have gotten the news that that he's that he's still in, and that Red River's not quite as important as it might would have been. He may have. And Justin, if you're listening, text me back. I sent you a text. I need to talk to you. Please just text me back. Um, but uh, anyway, um, hang on. I, I we got we got somebody in the in the waiting room here. I got I got to finish up. Um, um, but uh, yeah. So 
the uh, so those guys retiring. Uh, I mean, they all. I think those three guys owe the other three guys a steak dinner or take a gas or something, right, for helping them out. But uh, that's that's a big deal. Um, so uh, good luck to Yellis and Dice K. Um, I was talking to a, a, a friend of the show, uh, and she was telling me she knows Dice K well. And she goes, it, "Poor guy, he can't speak a lick of English. It's just, it's just, he's like, he, can't, he doesn't, he can't." So, but uh, you know, he, hey, he came, he tried, he played, he got there, and um, congratulations to him. But hopefully, he'll uh, go out and do some good stuff. I mentioned this in the beginning of the show. Uh, our friends at Revital Outdoors, they got a $2,500 fishing giveaway going on right now. It ends October 1st. Go to anglerschannel.com, click on contest. It's the first it's Revital $2,500 fishing giveaway. Click it, enter. Can't win if you don't play. You got to get there. You got to do it. Um, or if you're on our mailing list, you should have got an email. Just open it, click it. And just do us all a favor and just sign up, right? It helps everybody. But uh, got that going on as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we got going on. Um, we'll take a quick little break. When we come back, we'll wrap this show up. Get you guys back on the water right now. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. So we're brought to you by our friends at Vicious Fishing, reminding you to get out on the water and get vicious. Elite Series Pro Brandon Lester relies on Vicious Fishing Line as it helped him to two wins in the second place in Angler of the Year this year on the Opens and the Elite Series Tours. Be like Brandon. Get spooled up with Vicious Fishing Line and get vicious. Get restocked. It says restoked on my sheet. But it's stocked because my spell check didn't work. Get restocked and get vicious at getvicious.com. Tell them the Angler Channel guys sent you, you. You'll be stoked when you have Vicious on your on your. <laughs> you will. You, you were you were spooling up some stuff last week. It yeah. looked like. Yeah, I so. was getting getting some some fresh line on some reels, doing a little fishing, getting a little prepared for some stuff. So. I think I'm going to pull a Jackson Rombonis and just screw the bass boat deal because apparently I can't I I can't get one. I can't get anything to go with it or power it. 
I'm just gonna find me an old town kayak or something, right? And go go fish some kayak stuff. And I got one of them inflatable deals, but I'm gonna sell it. I can't even use it. Dang, I'm it, I'm out. Of, I'm so out of breath. By the time I get it blown up, I don't know. I can't. It can't hardly make a cast. David's like, what? Huh? You use your mouth in that thing? No, I've got a pump, but I'm still out of breath. I'm a, I'm an old fat guy. So, all right. So I was asking uh, in the break uh, what was left because obviously I'm behind. And um, let's talk about the little snafu in Minnesota um, a week or so ago in the Bass Pro Tour event. What happened? Y'all, y'all clue me in on this deal. Can you? Do you uh, mind? Do so you I guess to start off with the, the I love, law. I love how Kenneth brings it up and is like, what happened? He's like biting his lip. Like, I ain't saying, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> I, I'm, I still fish that series. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm I'm bad about just interrupting when I got something to say, and poor old David's sitting over there, afraid to put his finger up. So I figure I'll I'll just pause a minute, and give him a chance to he, to he get puts started. it up. It's just it's just right there. It needs so, to be like right here, David. Like just cover the do this right. Okay, sorry. So what well, happened, David? So that's what, your neck of the woods, right? Well, so the Minnesota's weird in the way that so they got a one line law, so you can only have one line. In the water. Right. And that was what this infraction was about. I didn't see it, but per the press release, and it was two anglers, one of them being the angler of the year, because uh, it's, it's a it's a competition, something for that they do up in Bass Pro Tour, where you know, if you catch a fish or you have a fish on, especially up here in smallmouth land, and you got some other fish that's following your, the fish that you have caught, you could throw in a second line as well. And I guess that's what happened. But this, right. I, I don't, yeah. I think they can okay. do that once a period. Once yep. a period, right? Once a period. Um, all right. I got 10 minutes before my dinner date. <clears throat> I, let's talk about the two line deal. Is it gimmicky? Is it cool? Is it stupid? Do we care? Okay. On, on any other body of water, do we care? Okay. Here's 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 the major problem. Because of some of the weird things that they allow in the BPT, they've opened themselves up. Uh, as someone else had already mentioned, that someone else that I've already listened to that talked about this, and he, he kind of phrased it the right way, is they've opened themselves up to gray areas. Okay. You know, we've been fishing tournaments for years and years. Ray Scott kind of kind of developed refine this thing over years it's it was set up to try to you know cut down on the possibility of cheating and all kinds right. of stuff and then all of a sudden you, you open it up to these strange rules just because you want to try to add some intrigue to the deal and create some drama and try to bring new people to the game and and, and to me all you're doing is you're opening yourself up to to allow issues and and issues in bass tournaments are not good. It, it, it looks bad for the whole, for everything in the whole industry. I don't really fault the anglers. Okay. I've heard some people say, you know, well, the anglers should always should know every rule, every state they fish in. Well, that's kind of really not practical, especially the guys that travel all over the country. Here's right. what, here's what, and I, I've been there. I've witnessed it. Okay. Here's what usually happens is you rely on your tournament director to provide that information to you. When there's some strange oddball deal going on, you hope that your tournament director has done, you know, the work ahead of time, 
figure that out. And they they give you that information. I've I've fished Bassmaster Opens, I've fished Toyota Series. That's happened in some of those events. Anything that any particular area, even heck ABT, when we go to Ufala, there's certain places that you can't fish. Well, right. during the meeting, they tell you that. So you 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 really rely on the organization, the tournament director, to give you that oddball information, especially when it's their own rule that allows you to do something that it's really not legal. Right. Um, I guess the good thing is they owned up to it, admitted it was their fault. So, you know, they actually, from what I understand, they, two of the anglers got a citation from Minnesota. So they actually paid that for them because they, they took ownership in the fact that they, they failed the anglers. I got to give them props for at least admitting that. But there again, it- in my, in my opinion, when you have these strange oddball deals that you've introduced into the game that have no business being there anyway, then that's what puts you in situations like this. You create that opportunity. So Bass Pro Tour rule number 33 permits an angler to utilize a second line once per period. And according to the statement that came out on September the 14th from tournament director Aaron Bashirs, it was an oversight that this rule directly violated Minnesota DNR fishing regulations. We did not properly communicate that to the anglers this week. Upon being made aware of the regulation, they immediately informed all BPT anglers in the competition that were immediately ceased using two lines for the remainder of the event. They contacted Minnesota DNR. They clarified the violations. They're working closely to ensure that they're in full alignment with state fish and game regulations. Bass Pro Tour anglers Jacob Wheeler and Alton Jones Jr. have both received citations from Minnesota DNR. Um, they have accepted responsibility, will pay their fines, will face their further act, disciplinary action. And then Don Rucks, VP and general manager, issued basically the same statement, but otherwise saying Major League Fishing paid the fines for them, right? Yes. So I don't know. I see, I see both sides, MLF. I mean, this is normally where, you know, the Chris Brown of days gone by would say, they broke a rule, they should be disqualified, Jacob Withers shouldn't win Angler of the Year, yada, 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 yada. But, I mean, who the hell cares, right? I mean, nobody cares what I think. So, why – it's just – it's just – I don't like – to me, the second line deal is just, it's, it's a TV gimmick is all it is. Yes, just like being able to get out of your boat to retrieve a fish, diving in the diving in the water, or whatever. Why do we even? The, the game is good enough as it is. You don't need extra gimmicks in order to try to create extra drama or whatever to get more fans. If that's what it takes to get more fans, they're not legitimate fans anyway. No, that's true. That's true. You look at NASCAR with the stages. You look at, I mean, NFLs. NFL's not changing anything. I mean, they're not having two footballs being thrown in, in, in one snap just because two guys are open. I mean, there's nothing nothing going on there. And when other leagues have been introduced to try to do something different, like XFL and things like that, it, it never they it never panned they out. Last. They don't last. So, no. There, don't there, last. Is, there is history <laughs> for everything. It Absolutely. It does not take much effort to understand when you make changes like this to something, what, what what's going to happen. I mean, there's... There's precedence ahead of you, so. No, there is. No, you're right. And it's it'll be interesting to see, especially now, and, and we won't get into it um, in, in great detail, but 
It was announced last week on the 13th. Um, of course, it's always the day after we do a show or something along those lines. And Major League Fishing announces the formation of the new qualifying series, the MLF Invitationals, a six-tournament invitational series featuring win and you're in, automatic qualification into the Red Crest. Um, it's six events, 150 anglers, over two days of competition, top 50 uh, playing on the third and final day. So only four days. Uh, each event will feature a total purse of more than $650,000. Winning receive a, a top payout of up to $115,000. An automatic qualification into Red Crest is also where they're going to start pulling for um, BPT qualifiers. And I'm going to stop there because I'm hearing a lot of different things. Um, and I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to jump on this bandwagon or that bandwagon and go back into CB's a hater. I'm going to leave it like it is. I'm just stating the news and the facts. But we, like I said earlier in, in the earlier segment, we have reached out to MLF, to Joe Opager. We have requested someone to come on and who's more, knows more about it than, than, than we do, or I do at least. Y'all may know more. And, and talk about it intelligent, intelligently where we can ask a question and, and see what kind of answer we get. Um, but I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it just yet. I'm not I'm not jumping up and down about it. I'm really not. So, in my opinion. David, how about you? Well, the only thing I guess see what without getting into any of that stuff is just it sucks that I guess for well, congratulations to Spencer Shelfield because he won the last title event which will be which is formerly known as the Swood so, Cup. So that's all gone too. So him, him, Brian Thrift and Brad Knight. They're your three asterisks, right? Because Brad won the last half a million dollar cup. Thrift won the last cup cup and then Stuffield <laughs> wins the last title. That lasted what three years? So yep. I I mean What's the difference in this and Toyota series, KG? Um, to be honest with you, Toyota series is better. Oh, I know, but is there any difference? They're well, both three. three I mean, well, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not done paying. Yeah, there's I'm a sure difference. The Toyota series is better. <laughs> Don't I know? Look, he, look here, here's really the biggest difference with the invitations as opposed to the pro circuit. When they did away with the title. That that in itself is that is the difference, yeah. okay. And I, and I I said earlier I had the numbers, but he, here's okay. In 2022, MLF paid two hundred five thousand dollars more than what the anglers paid into. That's the okay. six events plus the title, right? So hey, that's that's a bargain for the anglers, okay? Bargain. The title is a huge part of that. Based on the information of how that article was written, because um, they gave the payout of, of uh, $650,000 per tournament. Mm -hmm. okay? So that equate, when you do that, based on the entry fees of 150 guys at $30,000 a piece, now MLF is going to make $600,000 off the anglers. Ah. So instead of paying an extra two hundred. Five thousand, whatever I said. Yeah, two hundred five thousand. Now six hundred thousand dollars of the anger's money is is going to stay with MLF. 
that's a $205,000, I mean, an $805,000 swing. The payout for the title last year was $821,000. So it's basically you, you've lost the title. You've lost all that money. So now they're pocketing that money. Yes. Gotcha. But which is a big deal. I mean, because, and I've talked about it before, there are a handful of tournaments that are what I call difference makers. It's, it's, it's the high payouts. Okay. So you take a guy that wins the title. Okay. He's had a good year because he's gotten there. That's 200 to $235,000, depending if he runs a Phoenix or not. Okay. That angler now has, that's, that's a good boost in income. Now that angler has options going forward. Okay. They can take advantage uh, of that, what I call, you know, a bonus money, a bonus tournament or, or, you know, one of the difference makers. You take that out. Now, now you're looking at guys that are fighting for that $650,000. You know, you win one, it's, it's lower, it's $20,000 or more lower that you win. And you're having to do that over a six series deal. And then, Maybe go to the BPT. So there's there's at least one angler that doesn't have that big boost in income to potentially carry that into the BPT and help them, you know, legitimately get their career jump started. Right, right. I, I go ahead, David. Sorry. Better well, job, better job. By the sorry. way, <laughs> I know that that was better. That was better. That's good. No, no, I, I'm gonna buy you a foam finger. I'm gonna get you a damn foam finger. I'll put a, I'll put a little light thing and I'll hit the button so it starts flashing in the back. So you know. Hot now, hot now, hot now. Yeah. No, pretty good. So Sorry, I'm not against change. Really, My, the only thing I have question I question was they changed the name from the Pro Circuit to Invitationals. Why? And then the other thing is why they change in the format because I, I, I just don't. Was there something wrong? Was there a request? I, there's nothing that, that really explains it. And that's why I'm like, why all this change? If like, basically, if the whole purpose of the pro, the pro circuit was just a feeder system to the Bass Pro Tour, what was wrong with the previous or current uh, format that you had to go through this change and also with the whole name change as well? So <laughs> are they, are they just, are they going to invite people in to this deal? Is it truly an invitation only event series? What is it? Thoughts? Well, I mean, they did lay out the qualification criteria. Uh, there, there's a few interesting things in that, the way it was worded. Uh, and I'm still not quite sure how that's going to work. But supposedly, certain anglers are qualified, and even, including current BPT anglers. And here's the key. You do not have to fish all six of them. You can enter one or two or all six or whatever. But you're going to have to fish if, all six if, if you, you are make. a qualified angler, which so which I, tells me that there's there's going to be a, a there's a number of available spots for maybe BT, BPT guys to kind of jump into. So these are questions that I have for whoever we get on yes. the phone, right? Yes. Or, the, or a Zoom. I, I, would, I would prefer Zoom so we can look him in the eye. But um, like in the opens, right? You fish the North, you win one, you qualify for the Classic, but you got to fish all three, right? Still got to fish yes. all three, right? Yes. I'm assuming that's going to be the same for the divisions for next year. Does that make that, sense? That is correct. They've already said that. Is it, is it going to be the same for the Invitationals? You win, you qualify for the Redcrest, do you have to fish X amount? Do you have to fish all six? Or do you just like, hey, I won one. Sweet, I'm out. Peace. I mean, what? That... These are questions I have. So here's what I want to do, right? I know you got questions too. KG, you got them. David, you got them. We'll make our own list. 
if you have a question that you would like us to ask said representative of Major League Fishing, 901-493-0437. That's the Exxon Hotline brought to you by Trickstep. Shoot us an, shoot us your question. We will put them down on a sheet. I will read through them. We'll ask them the questions, right? I, whoever it is, Joe, Charity, Boyd, Michael, whoever, right? It could be Dumbo. I, I don't know. Whoever, we'll ask them. Whoever they send us to talk to, uh, we'll ask them and we'll see. It's. It, I, I want. I just. I need more info on this before I totally lose my shit. I just need more info on it because I. I don't know. I, I'm just. I look for the opens. I look for the phone operator for the opens or the website to crash when when the, when they when it comes time to register for the opens. I'll just be honest all, with you. I'll honest. be honest with you, Chris. I think in both in both cases, you take the opens and the invitationals. When you compare them to what both organizations did with those trails the previous year, I think they've both gone backwards. Agreed. Oh, I agree. Agree 100% on that. The, ang- the anglers are losing in this deal. They are. How much they they're are. losing is still, there's still some things that yet to be, you know, to be determined, but they're going backwards. And look, I, I understand, you know, cost of everything has gone up and this and that, but, you know, at some point in time, you know, I feel these organizations need to need to be set up in a way to where the anglers aren't funding your organization with their entry fees. Right. Your organization right. should be funded by your ability to go out and get sponsors. You you need to create that money for yourself in the work that you do. I mean, you already have. I mean, look, let's take MLF, for example. All the guys that fish BFL, that's a large pool of guys. Huge. And then and then you take the guys that fish Toyota series. Okay. Those are different than the professional trails. These these are customers. If you're going out to sponsor XYZ and you're saying, look, you know, come spend your money with my organization, a large part of your presentation should be these are our customers that are dedicated, passionate customers. We know that from history, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So that is a huge advantage that you should be able to sell your organization based on your customer base. It's a huge, huge customer base. Huge. Not to mention all the marketing, different things you're doing. But, But if you're not generating enough income off your ability to sell what you're doing as your company, then I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you're, Maybe you need to cut out some of the things you're doing. Agree. It's it's a business, right? I understand that you got to make money, but you've also got to generate enough money to cover your business expenses. No, you do, you do. And And when they start taking from the anglers to do that, it's a negative. I I was. You and I both know there are local tournaments that that are getting and they're getting better every year, to where these guys are are are. Or pay or are fighting for more than just their dollars. The Absolutely. payouts are getting much better with these statewide trails. You know, Texas has them, Alabama has them. Those trails things are that are growing. paying out trails that are paying out over a hundred percent payback yes. of what yes. of what's been put in. And to see where you know we had this with MPFL too. We we, we asked this question when when they started because you, you did their payout, you did their entry fees and their payout, and like where was that extra money going to? 
Yes. And it was obviously the first year they couldn't manage that. But, I mean, that's a chunk of change. This is why you have salesmen. This is why you sell sponsorships. This is what you're doing. And in meetings this week that I have had, it was brought to my attention, you know, that everybody, all tournament trails, big and small like that, have lost some major non-endemic players as of late. And you wonder why. I mean, things are just kind of – it, whether it's the economy or whether it's just the organization's a shit show, I don't know. It's just uh, uh, that's you can't expect the anglers to pay for your overhead and everything else that's going in. You know, I know they're your big. They should be. They should be known as your biggest customer, but pocketing six hundred some odd thousand or better, that's that's hard to swallow a little bit me i send when when you can send us your uh send us your your breakdown i look forward to seeing that look forward to hopefully having someone on next well, I, week i i did that once in a text but to, to keep you from having to scroll back in our long text string i'll i'll send it again dude i've been on the road <laughs> i've been on the road i, I I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time man point. i know you are i'm cross-eyed so my dinner date is knocking on the door downstairs uh folks thanks for checking out this week's anglerschannel.com well, whatever I just said. Make sure you check out anglerschannel.com. Click on Tournaments tab. For, what am I reading? Why, why am I doing that, David? What the hell? Give you give your, one week, you know. And you're give your uh, give your give your tournament spiel real quick. Yeah. So uh, as you guys saw, your MLF is getting their schedules out there for <laughs> all you other tournament organizations. Fall, winter, or 2023 schedules. Shoot them to me. D X I O N G at anglerschannel.com. I'll make sure I get them up. Uh, yeah, because I know some of you guys are already starting your stuff already or will be starting soon, so just shoot them over, and we would like to hopefully give you some coverage through our you pick I want. I'm going to thank you for that. I, I And, and you pick will be updated uh, by the time, uh, by lunchtime today, when on Thursday, you, they, they'll be updated. I apologize. I'm going to say this real quick. For folks that say CB's a MLF hater, the two biggest assets and the two the two best things about majorly fishing that they have BFLs and Toyota series, in my opinion, that's, that's probably two best things in the industry. Correct. Not even close. Exactly. Opens are good. Elites are great. BFLs, Toyotas are the shit. If they screw that up, you might as well just put them in the ground. That's all I'm going to say. So, folks, as always, thanks for hanging out with us and listening to the show. 901-493-0437, Exxon Hotline, brought to you by Trickstep. On behalf of our buddy, the one and only Mr. Hunter Bowman. God, what a heck of a guy. Really enjoyed having him on the show tonight. I hope you guys did, too. For the AC Circus, I'm Chris Brown. Guys, have a great weekend. Weekend, KG. Don't take it personal. Please, God. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trick Step. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.